welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Today we're going to talk about something here at Hope City Church. We're going to talk about what our mission at Hope City Church is, what we're called to do as a church. Every church has a mission. Every church has a purpose. Every church has something that God has called them and placed them in that city to do. And you know, this last season, we had a great last season. We were in the parking lot. It was exciting. It was fun. All kinds of crazy things happened, which made it so exciting. We had rain we had to deal with, pouring, pouring rain. We had heat, like blistering heat we had to deal with. You guys don't even know, every Sunday, coming up to the weekend, every weekend coming up, we would, I would be watching the weather like crazy, trying to figure out what the weather's going to do. Do we have to like have tents? Is it going to be crazy hot? Is it going to be pouring rain? What's this weekend going to look like? We got to get to the office early and get things set up. And so now we have a building. We're back in the building. But in that season, there was one Sunday where somebody strolled past the church and began asking some questions to uh, some of the young people saying, well, what is, what does your church believe? What do, what do you guys think about this or that? Or why are you here? And I made a statement two Sundays ago before we had our block party last Sunday. And I said, it was important that the city knows that we're here. I made a statement saying, you know, what's important? Like, if, if your church closed up and packed up and left and was never again gathered together, would the city even care that you weren't there anymore? That question weighs on me a lot because we're called to be a light in the city. Amen? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we were talking about that, and I encourage you that. And then during this conversation, in the summertime, this lady walked up to these ladies and to these young ladies and said, what does your church believe? Who are you? What do you think? What, what are you here to do? And, and, and they couldn't, they didn't have like a super clear answer for it. They were like, well, you know, we love Jesus and, and, and we love to praise Jesus and we like to talk about the Bible. And they were like, well, do you believe this? And what about this? And they didn't have a clear answer. So today on our first service back together again in one place inside a building, when people begin to gather again, I wanted to take this morning and talk about what it is we're called to do, where we're going, and what we're doing, what our mission is as a church, okay? So everybody say our mission. All right, so I'm going to put our mission on the screen here. This is what our mission as Hope City Church is, and we're going to talk about this today. Our mission, you know what? Let's all read this together. Let's have some group participation. How does that sound? Well, okay. (laughs) On the count of three, we're going to read this together. That people would know the unfailing love of God and have a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's read it again because it's just so fun. That people would know the unfailing love of God and have a growing relationship with Jesus. This is what we're here to do. When somebody says, what is your church's mission? Is we want people to know the unfailing love of God. And we want them to not just know it, but to have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not interested in religion. That's not us. That's not why we're here. We're interested in growing relationships with Jesus growing. Look at your neighbor and say, growing. If you don't have a neighbor, you can look at me and say, growing. 
growing, a growing relationship with Jesus. All right, so I want to share a passage of scripture with you. Go with me to Luke chapter 23, and we're going to look at this for just a moment. And we're going to break this into two, two sections here, this mission statement. We're going to talk about it for just a few minutes together. Luke chapter 23, Jesus is um, on the way to the cross, about to be crucified. And so starting in verse 32 is where we're going to start. And we're going to read uh, all the way down to verse 44. Now it says, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to the place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of Jews, if you are who you say you are, save yourself. As he was, a sign was fastened above him with these words. It said, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, made fun of him, teased him and said, so you're the Messiah. So you're the Messiah. Are you? Prove it by saving yourself. And while you're at it, save us too. That's what he says. Hey, if you're the Messiah, this guy's hanging on the cross. They're nailed to the cross. They're about to die. And this guy chooses to spend his last few moments on earth making fun and teasing Jesus. Hey, if you really are the Messiah, why don't you get yourself out of this mess? And while you're at it, just to boot, why don't you get us out of here too? Verse 40 says, but the other criminal protests. And he says, don't you even fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Verse 44 says, but by this time it was about noon and darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. And I don't think we have verse 44 or 45. What we do? Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. We have this picture of the last few moments of Jesus on earth. So our mission statement is that all would know the unfailing love of God. So that all would know the unfailing love of God. And here we have a picture of Jesus on the cross, literally in his last few moments on earth. Jaden, can you put back verse 33 so we can look at this for a second? And this, this verse here just astounds me. 30, 43, sorry. It says, and Jesus replied. And Jesus replied. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And he's got two criminals at each side. One of the criminals is making fun of him, teasing him, harassing him. And the other guy is sticking up for him. And I want you to remember that in these last moments, Jesus has been abandoned by his disciples. He's been shamed he's been mocked he's been beaten he's been marched up a hill while everybody stood there and stared at him either crying for him or yelling at him and then he got nailed to a cross and he's in this place 
where he's about to die. He's about to finish the work that Jesus, that God sent him down to do. He's hanging on a cross in excruciating pain. Put yourself in Jesus' place for just a moment, if you even could. And these two guys beside him are just going back and forth. And Jesus is in the middle. And the one criminal says, Jesus, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. They're all hanging there about to die. Jesus, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. 43 says, and Jesus replied. This is a great picture of the unfailing love of God. Because for many of us, in our darkest moments, in our hardest days, in our toughest situations, you know, if you were in a bad place and somebody came and asked something of you, like, hey, can you help me? You would say, can't you? Look at me right now. I'm in a terrible place. I've been beaten. I've been bruised. I've been mocked. I've been kicked. I've been ashamed. I've been, I've been people have left me that I thought were going to walk me to the very end. And now you're asking something of me. Jesus, in this verse, doesn't tell the guy to take a hike and let me die in peace. Guy, come on, look at me. I'm hanging on a cross. I'm barely a man. I'm about to die. Can you just leave me alone and let me die in peace? Is that what Jesus says? Uh uh. Jesus takes the time with his unfailing love and he replies to this guy. And what does he say in verse 44? Right here in 43. I assure you, Today you will be with me in paradise. You know, during worship, the Lord was talking to me, and he said in those moments at that time that he met that man's greatest need in his darkest hour. We are called as a church to show people the unfailing love of God. The never-ending love of God. Listen, your love, your spouse's love, your kid's love, your job's love, your boss's love, your school's love, you all know this as well as I do. At some point, those loves are going to come to an end. There's going to be a hardship. There's going to be something that stops it dead in the path, and somebody's going to get hurt. You ever been hurt? Man, only four people. This is an anomaly. Four people in this room have been hurt by someone. Praise Jesus! You guys have it good. Well, for those four of us, we know what it feels like when somebody hurts you, when you've been betrayed by that person that you thought was going to walk a million miles and more with you, or that person that you spent life with, and they said they would love you forever, and something happened, and they changed their mind, and they don't love you anymore, or your kids begin to treat you bad, and they treat you like you're a terrible person, and that you're, you just don't know nothing. Like, you're, you're, you're old. What do you know? I'm young and hip, and I know everything. You are old. We're called to show people the unfailing love of God. So here's a question. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? Everybody say this. We choose love. No, 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 no. You need to say it like you mean it. We choose love. 
Let's say it again. We choose love. Now, hang on a second. Let's take it a step further. And instead of saying we, because when you say we, sometimes you be like, we, I'm really talking about Jen chooses. She needs to choose love more often. You know what I'm saying? Josiah definitely needs to choose. Jacob needs to choose love a whole lot more. So we can say we all day long, but I'm really saying we, <clears throat> Jacob chooses love, needs to choose love. We're going to take a step farther. And I want you to say this. I... Choose love. Let's say it. I choose love. How are we going to show people the unfailing love of God? Because we are going to choose love in every situation, in every circumstance. Listen, we're going to be known as a church of love if it kills us. Yes, you just stole my point. Hopefully... It will kill us. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with who? Oh, come on. That's right. I've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer Jake that lives, but Christ that lives in me. We're going to be known as a church of love because it's going to kill you. Everybody say, yeah. We get to die. We get to die to ourselves. We get to crucify our flesh. When that person makes me mad, we get to kill our flesh some more. When they all go out to lunch and they don't invite me, I get to crucify my flesh some more. When somebody says something that hurts my feelings, I get to crucify my flesh some more. Let's look at this scripture together. I want to show you this in John chapter 13, verse 35 in the Passion Translation. Can you put that up? It says this, for when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. We're going to love like Jesus. We're going to love like Jesus, Cherokee. We're going to love like Jesus. Every chance we get, every time we show up in this building, every place we go, we're going to love like Jesus. We're going to put smiles on our face. And when people walk through these doors, we're going to love them like Jesus did. When they don't look like us, when they don't sound like us, when they don't feel like us, we're going to love them like Jesus. When they're different than us, when they're scary, when they're big, when they're different, we're going to love them like Jesus. When they hurt our feelings, when they say main things about us, when they talk about us behind our backs guess what we're gonna love them like Jesus we're gonna choose love we're gonna choose love choose love so let's go on our mission is that people would know the unfailing love of God and we're gonna talk about having a growing relationship with Jesus Say growing. Relationship. Growing relationship. Growing relationship. I looked up that word growing in the um, Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which is a great dictionary. If you don't have it, you need to go get one. If you can't find one, create a time machine and go back in time and get it. I don't care. You need to get a dictionary from 1828. Growing means this in Webster's 1828. It means increasing Advancing in size or extent, becoming, accruing, swelling, or thriving. 
So when we say we want people to have a growing relationship with Jesus, we want people's relationships with Jesus to be increasing, advancing, becoming greater, accruing. Accruing means gathering more, swelling, or my personal favorite is the word thriving. We want you to have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, I can't tell you how sick I am of religion. I can't tell you how much I despise dead religion. Well, it looks like you all love it. Apparently, I'm talking to the wrong people here. Oh, yeah, no, we love religion. We love. I'm just happy to come to church on Sunday for two hours so I can feel. No, come on. We're here for a relationship with Jesus. He didn't die on the cross for you to have religion. He didn't die on the cross for you to have rules and guidelines. He died on the cross for you to have a relationship with him. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We want to have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. (laughs) You guys are awesome. I'm just going to preach myself happy. I'm just going to preach myself happy here. Thriving, growing. Now this word relationship is really interesting. Because the word relationship, if you look up the word relationship in Webster's 1828 dictionary, I don't think I have it up there, do I? Yeah, you hang on to that for a second. Webster's 1828 tells you that the word relationship is basically tautology. Do you know what tautology is? Oh, tautology is basically a useless, it's a useless word. And in the Webster's 1828 dictionary, it says the word relationship is a useless word. Yes, because it's self-describing. It says it's a tautological word. Tautology is this. Hey, man, I've got to go to the ATM machine. But what you really just said was, I've got to go to the automated teller machine machine. Because ATM stands for automated teller machine. But we say, where's the ATM machine? So it's a useless word. Yeah, or hot heat is tautology. The word describes itself. It's a useless word. You don't need to use it. But if you dig a little further into the definition in Webster's 28 or 1828 dictionary, it says this, relationship, and it begins to talk about this affinity of aggregation. Everybody say, ooh. Who knew that we were in science class all of a sudden? Affinity of aggregation. Now, aggregation is just this. The formation of a number of things into a cluster. And affinity is relationship, which is the word relationship. Affinity is the word relationship by marriage or by relationship. And so it says affinity of aggregation. So the relationship of gathering multiple things together into one. And it says this. It's the power that causes two homogenous bodies. Homogenous means things that are made up of the same thing. They're the same. Two homogenous bodies to tend towards each other, unite and cohere, i.e., like two drops of water which slowly roll into each other and become one. I don't think you got that. Too much science here. Let me break it down. Let's break it down like a fraction. Let's go to math class for a second. Growing relationship. In this definition, 
of the word relationship essentially means this, two things becoming one. You and Jesus uniting into one. Not you over here and Jesus all the way over here. It says two things that are the same tend towards each other. Something draws them to each other. And when they get to each other, they slowly become one. So we're talking about desiring that people have a growing, thriving relationship. We're talking about relationships that come and meet with Jesus and don't stay separate. Jesus, Jake. Jesus, Jen. Jesus, Gary. Jesus, Marina. It's talking about Jesus and those people uniting into one person and becoming one. That's a growing, thriving relationship. Amen? So we want to see people have a thriving relationship because in a thriving relationship, there is life, there is healing, there is health, there is restoration, all those things that you have need of when you unite your life, when you find yourself hidden and united to Christ, all the things that you have need of, all the pieces that you're missing and that you need Jesus to fill in those gaps and to help you with, Come and unite into one, and he fills in the missing pieces and brings to you what you are lacking. Hmm. Let's look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Verse 5, Jesus is speaking. He says, yep. I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. You've got to stay connected with him to produce fruit. If you separate yourself from Jesus, what does it say there? You can do Nothing. All right, verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. So these two verses together say that Jesus is the vine and you're the branches. And if you stay in him and he stays in you, which is that growing, thriving relationship, those two forces, those two bodies becoming one, you produce much fruit. And verse 8 says, and hey, by the way, when you produce fruit, you're my true disciple, and this brings glory to my Father. That people would know the unfailing love of God and would have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, if you've gone to church any amount of time in your life, what we're really talking about is not just making Jesus your savior, but surrendering to his lordship. Surrendering your life to him. But a lot of people don't understand those terms. If you said our mission is to make Jesus your lord and savior, people are going to say, what? But we say that we want people to know the unfailing love of God. Because there are people everywhere that you will encounter in your life that I will never see and ever have the chance to interact with. But you will. 
And through you, they should see the unfailing love of God because we will choose love. We will be a church of people that chooses love in every conversation, in every place we go. We are going to choose love. When somebody hurts your feelings, we're going to choose love. When they talk bad about you, we're going to choose love. When, they're, when they think differently than you, when they believe differently than you, what are we going to do? Choose love. And we are going to help people have a growing, thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. How are we going to do that? How are we going to help people have a growing, thriving relationship with Jesus? Primarily four ways. Five, sorry. When we have worship, it's going to be engaging worship. It's going to be worship that people can enter into, that they can forget about where they're at and they can just worship the Lord. They can come into his presence and boldly worship him, lift their hands, sing at the top of their lungs, and praise and worship the Lord. We're going to have messages that are based on the word of God. We're not going to try and make a point and find a scripture to back up our point. We're going to preach out of the word of God. And we're going to say this is what the Bible says. And this isn't what the Bible says. We're going to say this is what Jesus said. And that's not what Jesus said. Jesus never said that. And you need to get back in the word of God. You need to read the Bible for yourself. We're going to have small groups. We're going to have classes for all ages. And we're going to give you the chance to use your gifts. It is so important. You've probably heard me harp about this I don't know how many times. It's so important for you to use your gifts in the church. Not to get a job done, but so that you are using the gifts that Jesus has placed inside of you. So that you are growing in your relationship with him. It is in the, the uniting. It is in the serving. It is in the working. When you begin to bump up against other people and you have to choose love. Where you have to lay down your flesh. When you have to surrender your ways. When you have to surrender what you want and begin to walk in love. Colossians 3.14 says, above all these things. Put on love. You know, I hear people pray for God to end division and to bring unity. That's great. But let me tell you something. Colossians 3.14 is how you end division and bring unity. He says, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Or the NIV says, the bond of unity. Choose love. Choose love. Involve yourself in church. Involve yourself. Don't be spectators. Don't just come and watch. Involve yourself. Find something to do. If there's nothing for you to do, say, I want to do something, but I don't know what. We'll find something. We'll find ways. And listen, we want you to grow in your relationship. And one of the ways that we want you to grow in your relationship is biblically, theologically, and so we've actually invested in something for you. If, you. if you call Hope City Church your home and we have your email address, we believe so greatly in this that we are investing in something for you. And I want to share it with you right now. Um, can you put that slide up, Jaden? We have bought a, a subscription for members in our church at something called Right Now Media. And you're going to be getting an email in the next few days. With your login information. If you, don't, if you don't get an email, it's because we don't have your email address. What's that? So it's just in it. Right Now Media is a huge database of Bible studies, of book studies, of all kinds of things. It's like a Netflix of the Bible. 
And so you can log in there and you're like, you know what? I want to learn about the book of Revelation. I want to study the book of Jude. I want to go look at Genesis. I have all these questions. There's preteens, there's young adults, there's youth, there's marriage courses. There's all kinds of things in here that we believe so deeply that you get equipped and strengthened and rooted in the word of God that we have invested in this for you so that you can have access to it to grow. So when we say, when I say, it's important to us that people have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, these are some of the ways that you can have a growing relationship. Maybe you're reading a book, you know what I really love? Is inside of Right Now Media, you can have, you know, who, who knows what a watch party is like on Netflix? Like you want to like, hey, let's watch a movie together, but I'm at my house and you're, you're at your house and we can watch a movie together. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, great, seven people do. You can do that inside of here and you can be like hey I want to study this book of the Bible together or I want to do this small group study would you do this with me and we can watch it together and we can chat and we can look at notes and we can talk about all this all together it's so great it's one of the ways that you can grow in your relationship in God growing deeper that all would know the unfailing love of God how are they going to know that? They're going to know that through you. They're going to know that through how you act, how you treat people. They're going to know that when they walk in here, if you really do love them, if you really do love Jesus. Because if you really love Jesus, you're going to love people. Amen? And that you're going to have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ so that you can go deeper, that you can go farther, that you can understand more, so that you can speak intelligently and you can lead others along with you. And be like, hey, I found this great Bible study. I found this great book of the Bible that I want to study with you. Let's go do it together. Let's sit down. Let's find some time. There is an amazing marriage course. And we're going to start our small groups back up this fall. There's an amazing, amazing marriage course that Alpha actually did. And we're going to start offering that marriage course. We're going to run through it. I think it's eight weeks long. And we're going to start running through it. And it's just like, it, I, I've been watching them. They're fantastic. Now, I, I, I mean, the last 18 months has been hard on all kinds of relationships. Am I wrong? <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Oh, okay. Okay. You know, we were listening. I was on one of our national calls just recently for our, our organization. And, and, um, do any of you know who Dave and Cheryl Coop are at, at um, Coastal Church out in Vancouver? Okay. So they've they been hosting Alpha stuff for years, Alpha courses. And they said actually what happened was through COVID, they began to offer this marriage course. And their marriage course from Alpha far surpassed any of their Alpha courses, like the regular, the Alpha youth course or the Alpha adult course. People were wanting to strengthen and rebuild and restore their marriage relationships. And they said this was a fantastic tool. They began to offer it. People came out of the woodwork, people that weren't in church, People that were in church came out and participated in this. So we're going to begin to offer this in the fall as well because we want people to grow in their relationships with Jesus Christ. Stand up with me. It's a good season. We're believing God for great things in this season. We're believing God for him to continue to work, to continue to move, to continue to do what only he can do.
This is what we're about. Jaden, put that back, put our mission back up on the screen. Let's read this all one more time together. And hey, by the way, when you download, notice how I said when you download, not if you download our app. When you download our free app, that's amazing. When you download it and it goes to the about page, click on the about button. It says right there, it has our mission statement right there in there for you to look at, for you to remember. So when somebody says, hey, what is your church about? What do you guys do? What is your purpose? Why are you here? Why are you in this city? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, we want people to know the unfailing love of God. And we want them to have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's get rid of religion and let's let the Spirit of God restore relationships. Amen? Let's read this together. That people would know the unfailing love of God and have a growing relationship with Jesus. I want you to read it one more time. And this time when you read it, I want you to, I want you to read it like it matters. That it matters that people know the unfailing love of God. Just like it mattered that you know the unfailing love of God. And that it matters to you that people who are far from Jesus have a growing relationship with Him. Just like it matters if you have one. So let's read it one more time with passion, with understanding, and with empathy for all those people who are not here today that should be. All right? Here we go. That people would know the unfailing love of God and have a growing relationship with Jesus. Father, we thank you for your spirit. God, we thank you your word always brings life and healing. Father, we thank you that you are directing our steps, that you are leading us, that you are guiding us, that you are forever showing us where to go, what to say, what not to say. Father, I thank you for these people, that you are filling them with your anointing, your presence, and your spirit. God, that you are restoring things that have been stolen, that the enemy has tried to take, broken relationships, broken marriages, broken family, hurt hearts, broken wounds. Father, all these things that we walk around carrying, God, I thank you that you are restoring by your spirit, by your grace, and by your love, the things that have been taken from us. That which the enemy has meant for evil, you will turn for good. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. We are so thankful for all that you continue to do. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.